Hey guys, uh, thanks for joining me for another um, session on Down for Business. Um, today, I'm quite excited to have a great guest joining me in, in Lauren Parker. Um, and I'll give a bit of background. I'm going to read it because it's too much, uh, too much here that's great that I'll probably stuff up if I, uh, if I don't read it. But, you know, Lauren has had an amazing life and her story is nothing short of inspirational. Um, I think she's the perfect person, in, in my opinion, to you know, help some of your business owners that are watching. Um, might sound a bit funny, but I think you'll get my message as we go. Uh, and, and, and more importantly, just business owners, I think people in general, um, basically to get the best out of you know, yourself and, and to never give up. Uh, for those that don't know Lauren's story, uh, Lauren was a champion swimmer in her youth who then became uh, trans- uh, sorry, who then transferred those skills in a triathlon. Uh, Lauren was an Australian representative and finalising a preparation for the 2017 Ironman Australian Triathlon when disaster struck. She was on a trading ride, travelling at 40 kilometres an hour when both her tyres blew, catapulting her into a guardrail and Lauren became a paraplegic. Fast forward to today and Lauren is one of Australia's leading paratriathletes. She's the reigning world champion and amazingly won a Commonwealth Games bronze medal just 12 months post-injury and has achieved the podium place in all but one race since returning to international competition in 2018. Got all that out, but I think you'll see it's an amazing story, and uh, and I'm really excited to say welcome, Lauren, and um, yeah, thanks for coming and joining us. Uh, especially, I know you're pretty busy at the moment with some preparation for a uh, a little event called the Olympics. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. Oh, that's great. Um, I think many people, especially in the hunter, would know you know some of your um, triathlon talents, uh, but I understand you're also looking to push into the the cycling as well at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I've qualified for the paratriathlon for the Tokyo Paralympics, but yeah, I've been in the process over the last few months trying to qualify for the hand cycling events as well. And I did my last set of trials probably six weeks ago. So now I'm just I'm just waiting. Um, they, I'll know whether I'm in the team. I think at the next uh, uh, end of next month. So. Um, so there's no. <laughs> I just tell you when they're ready to tell you yep. yeah <laughs> well the qualifying period still it goes up to the 7th of june but i've done all my 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 trials so um yeah the team yeah will be announced at the end of june and for most people i i reckon there's you know um it's enough achieving a goal let alone something like you know uh, the paralympics etc um why the two events why 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 the challenge and pressure to put yourself under even more stress well, I love a challenge uh, and when COVID struck uh, last year and around March when the Paralympics were postponed, I, you know, I was unmotivated for a couple of days but then I, I chose to look at the positives and I chose to uh, find another challenge and that was to try and qualify for some more events and, you know, my the hand cycling part of the triathlon is my strength so, uh I thought that, you know, I've got a good chance in qualifying for the, the cycling events. So, I, um, you know, the pressure was off, you know, I'd already qualified for the paratriathlon. So, I really had to focus on improving my bike even more and trying to qualify for those, for those events and set more goals. Yeah. No, look, it's, it's, I said it's inspiring because uh, I mean, I come across that many different people in business, um, you know, people we coach in, in sports and that sort of stuff and, I guess that constant message when, yeah, somewhat we live in a world of entitlement, I think, these days, but, you know, it's instant gratification, but pushing yourself all the time and, and giving yourself something to, I guess, 
be challenged by it's uh, it's amazing to hear yeah well it's really important you know to to have goals you know being that I'd already qualified for the triathlon uh, if I didn't set those extra goals for the cycling I might have just you know gone through COVID just you know getting through the the normal training that I would normally do for triathlon but I think it gave me that extra challenge and that extra drive and it really pushed my pushed me even further in training because I had those other goals that I was going going towards so I think you know that was really important in my preparation as well for Tokyo so that'll you think that'll give you the edge in the uh in the triathlon as yeah, well yeah yeah <laughs> good stuff um h- how easy is it I mean uh, I'll, I'll get more on Tokyo a bit later but but particularly when you're doing these kind of um well extra load what is involved how much break do you get how easy is it to to keep getting back up for it for the training, yeah. If you well, if you're talking about both the triathlon and the cycle, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the load is pretty much the same. Not much changed. Okay. Uh, I didn't do extra sessions for the cycling. I just you know within the session, uh, like the what I would do within a two hour session ramped up a little bit. But you know my focus is my number one focus is still the getting gold in the in the triathlon, and then the cycling is more of a bonus. Uh, if I qualify for the cycling events, but you know, this having the cycling is definitely going to improve my triathlon anyway. And you know that, but the load didn't really change. I just was still focusing on the swim, bike, and run uh, and gym sessions, and and getting stronger in all three. So, and it's just probably going to be more focused then. Yeah. 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 yeah good. No, and I mean, again, there's some of the things where I start to relate it back to. From a business owner's point of view, or, or, or not just business owner, anyone trying to achieve something, but you know, you, you, as you said, you haven't increased the load, but got a lot more refined on what we're focused on. Yeah, so it's great. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'll come back a bit more to um, Tokyo. You've got a wonderful story to tell. I want to jump jump around a bit if I can. So if we go, um, you know, back to before your accident. So talk to me about what your pathway was, what your background, where you thought you saw your career going. Yeah, so obviously I grew up as an elite swimmer. I went to Olympic trials at 14 and and then when I was 19 moved into triathlon and, you know, got into the sport quite quickly because, I, you know, I was coming from an elite sporting background, transferring those skills that I learned in swimming was, um, you know, followed on in in my triathlon career. So, I soon found myself traveling the world with triathlon and, and setting new goals. And my ultimate goal uh, was to become world champion in the Ironman distance uh, triathlon, which the, the world championships are in Kona, Hawaii, and it's the pinnacle of the sport. And that, that was my dream. And that's what I was working towards in 2017 when I had my accident. Uh, and, you know, it was... In 2017, I'd been working for many years, just improving uh, little by little because, it, you know, you don't peak uh, for Ironman distance triathlon until you're mid-30s for women. And I was a 28-year-old still, uh, you know, still improving uh, and waiting to get to that event where uh, I would be winning, winning the professional categories and, uh, I was almost there when I in 2017. I was training for Port Macquarie Ironman, and I was uh, looking to win my first professional Ironman. I, I believed that I was ready, and that's when 
when I thought my career was actually going to ramp up and actually start um, in the professional ranks. But that wasn't the case. And, mm. yeah, you know, two, two weeks before that, that race, I had my accident, which is unfortunate. I wish that I had have done the race first um, just to know what where I would have come and to know what time I could have done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in saying that, uh, what I did have, you know, when you got into – it was your first time in Hawaii. Sorry, I've got so many notes on there. I've confused myself. But you ran second in your age category, yeah, on yep. your first crack? Uh, that was actually my second crack in 2014. I raced uh, in Kona as my first Ironman World Championships as, a, as an age gripper. And I actually raced that, that one with a broken elbow. I broke my elbow in a training ride six weeks before the event. But I still chose to, to race and I got 10th in my age group in 2014. Then 2015 was where I got this, the second place and then I turned professional after that. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I absolutely love Kona and racing in the heat and humidity of Kona. It's it's what I thrive on and, you know, I love racing in the heat. Yeah, no, it's, well, I mean, it's a pretty amazing stat when you, you know, go out and haven't seen it too many times and, you know, pull out those sort of results. But I guess come back to your training and that sort of thing and, and again – I like to relate this back to, to not just my world but the business world, et cetera. You know, you're very structured. I mean, I hear people all the time, if not hourly, let alone daily, about, oh, we haven't got time. I mean, you'd need to be very planned with your time and making sure, you know, you're driving through to get your goals, I guess. Yeah. How do you manage all of that? Yeah, I'm definitely very planned and structured and uh, – at the moment, uh, towards Tokyo, I've got a big whiteboard that has a two-week plan on it and uh, like with everything that I've got on in the two weeks, all my training appointments, everything, so that I, I know where I'm at at those different times and where, you know, recovery is needed, where I need to really push myself in training. And it's really important for me to be able to see that in front of me Um and you know have my weekly goals up there as well that i can see and and tick off every you know once i've done a day i, I tick all my training off and know that i've done it to 100 percent. and yeah that's important to me and um i think that it's um, important for my preparation as well just to see that i'm ticking everything off uh, taking one day at a time yeah that's great and i mean as i said it's it's, it's uh, reality is we've all got the same amount of time it's you you use yours we hell of a lot better than most. So let's let's go back to your, uh, you know, that fateful day when you had your accident in two thousand seventeen. Um, regular training ride, well, it was regular for me, I guess. But but you know, nothing, nothing, I guess, abnormal. And what happened? Yeah, it was a beautiful sunny day, and uh, I was out training with uh, my training partner and best friend Brad Fernley. Uh, and I was on, this was my last hard ride before tapering down to the race and going to Port Macquarie for the lead in, you know, a week and a half out. And I was on my last two minute effort of the training ride and both my tyres burst at 45k an hour and went straight into the guardrail. And, you know, if I wasn't going at that speed, I probably wouldn't have had the injuries that I suffered. Um, but it was in the, that last two minutes of going at, at that speed and I broke my shoulder, broken ribs, punctured lungs, broken pelvis, broken back and 
and then that spinal cord damage which left me instantly paralyzed from the waist down and that was the one that couldn't be fixed mm. and you know I knew there was there was something seriously wrong when I was laying on the ground that morning not being able to feel my legs but I thought that I would just go to hospital and they'd fix me up and I'd yeah. be walking out and I, I didn't ever think that the, you know it was would be something as serious as what what happened on that day and I was rushed into surgery and that night I was told I'd, I'd never walk again that I'll have to live my rest of my life in a wheelchair and when you hear those words it's um, beyond devastating and I thought my life was over I thought that all my sporting career would be be finished and I'd have nothing to live for and that first night when I was in the hospital and no one was around me friends and family had gone home and I was just stuck there unable to move uh it was like I was trapped yeah it was I wasn't in a good place at all and then like I mean yeah you're not just getting told that you know you've lost some money or something or, or or you know, I don't mean to be flippant with it, but that's some pretty, pretty heavy hitting, you know, as you said, words, let alone what, the, what that makes you feel. Um, what's the journey been? Well, what was the journey then like? You know, as you said, not in a good place. So you, you need to not only get yourself back to where you want to from a physical sense, but also a mental sense. Describe what, what sort of stuff that has gone on since then. Yeah, well, it's been, yeah. it's been, it's uh, been, uh, a lot's happened in the last four years and it's definitely been a, a quick journey, I guess, from where I was to now. Um, but back in, in 2017 when I was in the hospital, it, I got flown to Royal North Shore Hospital and I was in um, intensive care for a couple of weeks and at that point, I, you know, I wasn't eating. I'd lost so much weight. I had no strength. And if it wasn't for you know, Brad telling me that I need to eat, I need to get strength, mm. then, you know, I would have, I don't know where I'd be now. Uh, and it took uh, quite a few weeks to get a bit of strength and and then, you know, the next step was to get out of the bed and get into my new legs, I guess, my, my wheelchair for the first time. That was another devastating day. I just didn't want to, I, I remember it like it was yesterday being in the chair for the first time, it, I felt so out of place and and then it was going out in public for the first time. Um, that was very difficult because everyone was walking around me and I felt like I should have been walking as well and it was like, why did something like this have to happen to me? You know, I yeah. <laughs> it's hard to put into words. Because, yeah, you know, no, being I, I so understand. active and I loved running and have all that taken away from me um, was was so hard. And But I put it down for me to overcome that adversity every day. I put it down to this great support that I had from family and friends and from my number one, Brad Fernley, you know, being by my side. He was there on the day of my accident and... Every day for the, the last 13 years he's been by my side, but 100% every day he's been there f- since my accident by my side and hasn't walked away. And he's, um, the support that I've had from him, you know, without that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here honestly today. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, mean, I mean, yours is another level. We talk a lot about mentors or, or, or you know, just um, people we can meet with to 
just vent or get you know just get things off your off, off your plate. Um, you know, support's a, a, a massive thing for you. I'm imagining, um, and, and and Brad sounds like he's been that for you. Um, what what about that process? I mean, support can help you so far, I guess. I, I'm just astounded by you know the power of well, I was going to say the mindset, but your mind and and what you've achieved. Talk to me about how you've overcome. We said from a low place to 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 where you are now. Obviously, what you've achieved and continue to achieve is is pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, what's been that journey like? Well, what's the tips there? Yeah. Well, I only had one choice, and that was to move forward and to look at the positives, um, because you can't look at the past that gets you nowhere. Like I couldn't change my circumstance, uh, so coming from a sporting background as well uh, and, and loving a challenge and, you know, overcoming uh, tough sessions in training or injuries I'd, I'd learned, I've, I'd had a, along the way and having to overcome those in my able-bodied sporting career, I guess learning to do that had um, helped me overcome my day-to-day struggles in my new journey um, and... I just chose to focus on the positives and that really helped when I found out that paratriathlon existed, that I was able to get back into my sport. That's when everything changed and I thought, wow, I, I can actually get back in, into the sport I, I, you know, I've loved and get back into training, get back into fitness and set new goals. Uh, but there's one day in rehab where... I was, I was able to get into the pool for the first time, into the rehab pool, and I thought I would get in there and show everyone how good I could swim coming from a swimming background and spending so many years swimming 16 kilometres a day. Um, you know, I was really excited and I got in the pool and I couldn't put two strokes together. My legs just sunk to the, the floor and... Uh, and I paddled over to the end of the pool thinking, wow, not only had my legs been taken away from me, but my swimming ability had also been taken away from me. And that was so hard to overcome because at that point I thought, you know, I can't even get back to the sport that I loved. But Brad was there talking to me at the end of the pool and he said, I've got two options. One is that I could go get out of the pool, go back to the hospital room, shut the doors and never do anything with my life or to stay in the pool, never give up and move forward and keep trying to swim. And that's what I chose to do and that's where everything changed that day. I really showed that um, anything was possible if you believe in yourself. I really showed that to myself um, and being able to, push keep pushing through and and have that strength to keep pushing through it and overcome what something that might seem so hard to overcome if that makes sense Mm. Um, just keep pushing through and finding a way to get around it Um, and it's really important to just not give up and to to keep pushing that's what I that's what I chose and um that's where my journey into my sport started yeah, yeah. because I had that – I really showed myself that having that belief in yourself 
is really important in in moving forward. No, I think it's it's unreal. I mean, you know, even even we all do it, I guess, and, and people feel sorry for themselves, and uh, and, and and you know, in, in, on such a minor level compared to anything you've experienced. And I think this is just amazing to hear those those messages that you know you can you can make a choice. Yeah, and and the way you push forward that resilience is um is not only I guess amazing, but it's pretty inspirational for a lot of people and. Especially kids that get to listen to these sort of things too. So uh, I love that. I love that. And it's all about perspective. Like I could have been so far worse off. Like I was in the rehab centre with people, young people my age that were in a far worse position than I was. So I had the opportunity to get back into my sport and to move forward with my life. Um, So that's um, a big thing as well is perspective and I chose to do what I could to overcome, you know, not look at the, my past life, but now, you know, I couldn't change that, but to now move forward and set new goals and goal setting was massively important in my journey to recovery and overcoming uh, the hurdles along the way. Mm, beautiful. So, so talk to me about some of those, uh, you said about the swimming uh, and, and, and there would have been many more hurdles. What has been involved in that whole relearning, if you like, that that new new world that you've entered into? Yeah, well, uh, I use wetsuit pants on uh, for buoyancy for my legs and that brings my legs up to the top of the water and I can swim just like I, I used to, just a bit slower. <laughs> um, but without those wetsuit pants, I still, I still can't swim. I sink to the floor and in my racing all – the para-athletes can wear the wetsuit pants, which is good. So that that's how I get my training done. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel feel great now in the water. And what about just general, uh, not just swimming, but, but generally that new, the new world that you found yourself in? Like, I mean, obviously it's a, hearing that news first time is the first shock, but then life changes. How, how, I mean, the mindset's obviously a big thing of it, but, but how have you adapted and how do you just make it part of normal life? Yeah, I mean, I had no choice but to adapt, adapt to my new life in a wheelchair, adapt to the new equipment that I'd be using for the triathlon, the hand cycle, the racing wheelchair, uh, adapting to having to swim with no legs and with the wetsuit pants and uh, just everything was a challenge but I was so thankful and grateful that I could get back into the sport that I loved. Um, Yeah, it's... It's been a, di- a difficult journey, but yeah, adapt. I, I chose to adapt and relearn, and I, I'd definitely much rather my old life. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. Um, I, I want to be walking. I want to be doing the Ironman racing that I used to. I thought, you know, look back, looking back at it now, I had the whole world to look forward to my whole life, and. Um, now, you know, I'm a para-triathlete and I can't say that I'm super, how do I say this, super happy with being a para-athlete. Like I want to be an able-bodied athlete uh, doing what I absolutely loved. But as I said, yeah, there's no point looking back. I only have to look forward and um, every day I'm – I look for the positives in everything. As soon as a negative situation 
arises, I, I look for the posi- positives to move forward and that's really important uh, in my life as a para-athlete but a person in a wheelchair that has only been in a wheelchair for four years mm-hmm. and, you know, I spent 28 years walking. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm still trying to find that full happiness and yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, from 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 out, but you know, I mean, I can only speak myself. From my point of view, it's uh, I think just the athlete itself is just amazing. You know, to be honest, I've seen you uh, down the foreshore and that sort of thing. It's um, it's pretty special to watch. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. With, with I, I guess um, your whole approach, we're starting to lead this way. It's it's, it's I guess about continuous growth, you know, um, and overcoming setbacks, you know. Uh, we touched on mindset and the rest of it, but um, resilience, you know, like you have just your story's got more resilience than most, well, nearly anyone I know. Um, how do you deal with just bouncing back and how do you continually maintain energy and motivation? Yeah, I'll touch on, on it again. It's about looking for those positives, uh, setting goals, because if you don't have a goal, there's no purpose, there's nothing to focus uh, focus your energy towards and for me that's really important in in growing uh, in getting better in uh, not just my sport but in, in life as soon as negative situations come my way you know I have to learn to you know I have to keep learning to adapt and, and over, overcome that, that situation in order to grow and be a better person and uh, all I I want to do from my journey and from what I've been through is help people. Um, if I had to go through this for a reason, then I want it to have a purpose, and that's what I want to do for the rest of my life is from help people as many people as I can from my my story and and journey and um, letting them know that everyone has negative situations and adversities uh but it's really important to never give up and try and find the, the those pick out those positives in yeah, the situation yeah. and and work towards overcoming you know those little setbacks and and is that is that part of um have you got a regular process around reflection and and and, and looking back on what has occurred and how we change that going forward i mean i mean again because most people would not do any of this I think um, I'm not, not too sure. I think it's I. I've just find that I just do that. Yeah. Um, I think I learnt a lot being an able-bodied athlete just from the day-to-day training demands and having the setbacks with injuries and stuff that I, I learnt. Um, being athletes, you know, it's a way of life, and I, I guess, I took those skills that I learned growing up as an athlete, and pushing myself to the limits every day, and having that dedication and commitment, setting goals. I definitely brought those school skills over to what I'm going through now, and that's definitely helped me overcome my situations now. Mm. No, that's great, and I mean, again, as you said before, having people like Brad in your life that probably doesn't let you get away with anything either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does he definitely doesn't let me get away with a lot, but um I'm I'm lucky 
as much as sometimes he's a pain, he's <laughs> um, he's always there for me and he's um, always, you know, got my best interests and helping me in training and pushing me to, to my limits to reach those goals as well. And I wouldn't be able to do paratriathlon without him mm. either. Yeah, good. Yeah. And, and, I mean, a lot of people think that, um, well, would agree that one thing about having your accident, but, I mean, discomfort, and you live with discomfort, Every day is my understanding. I mean, how do you again? I, I guarantee it's, it's mindset. I get you saying folks on the positives, but how do you just drive through that? Uh, you know, um, and making that part of life. Yeah, the hardest part is the pain that people don't see, and that's the neuropathic pain, the nerve pain that I have to ninety percent of my body, and it's there twenty four seven. So every second of the day, I'm in absolutely torturous pain it feels like I'm being stabbed with needles everywhere like my whole body's on fire um like right now I'm in so much pain from my chest to my feet and people might think you know I can't feel my legs but it's um a different sort of pain all my nerves got damaged the nerves that go to my legs when I had my accident and I've found that I've got one of the worst cases of it I've spoken to so many people in chairs and they might have the pain just in their foot and it comes and goes um but i haven't found anyone that has it to the whole body 90 percent of their body 24 7 and that's the hardest thing to overcome because every day there's um like for the rest of my life and until there's a cure I'm in pain and I used to think as an athlete, able-bodied athlete, that pain is only temporary. Um, but now I, I look at my pain and and think that it's never going to end. I go to bed at night in pain. I wake up the next morning in pain knowing that tomorrow I'm going to be in pain as well. And I think the only way that I've been able to overcome it so far is to have my training and to have something else to focus my energy towards. Um, like I love training because it helps me focus on another sort of pain that I put myself through, which is the good pain mm. because outside of training, it, it's a nightmare. And I guess it's really hard because people look at me achieving what I'm achieving uh, and they have no idea about the, the pain that I'm I'm suffering, they see a smile on my face when I'm out in public. You know, that's like behind all that is just torturous pain. And when I'm at home, I feel like I can not relax because I'm in pain, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm... You have to put the front on. Yeah, and every night I'm screaming. I'm screaming in pain and that's what people don't see and that's the hardest part. Mm. No, I mean, again, I'll come back to that... Um your resilience and mindset is just another level. So, yeah, unfortunately, um, what you have to go through. And it's so much to do with mindset, mm. you know, to overcome that that pain. So much to do with mindset and having to refocus on other things um, to take my mind off the pain. And yeah. what what do you what do you get to do outside of? Um, so I threw this one in there. What do you get to do outside of just training? You know, what what's what's in, Gives you enjoyment. Uh, I play guitar. Yeah, I right. like playing guitar. 
Um, I'm a bit of an artist. I like to draw. Um, but, you know, sometimes I get home from training and I just want to relax and just sit in the lounge and, and just relax. And I, f- so I feel like I can't ever do that because of the pain. Yeah. Um, I always have to keep my, myself busy and sometimes I don't always want to keep myself busy because I've just pushed myself in a hard two-hour training session. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, I always like to do other things outside of training to yeah, it was interesting keep busy I, I, that I enjoy. I had no idea what um, what the interests were. and I, I mean, don't get me wrong, even for professional athletes, there's, there's a lot around what you do, but uh, always good to hear what uh, what you get up to outside yeah. of that. But, um, and so we, we spoke a lot about, about support and, 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 and people being around you and, you know, um, helping you through things. But obviously we all get them. How do you deal with the... Um, detractors and the naysayers and again I, I, I know you're very positive but how do you deal with those people not just in the sporting sense but I, I you know I, I know um, some other people in wheelchairs and that sort of stuff and, and some of the things they come across and have to deal with um, it, it can get pretty tough. As an able-bodied athlete I always had some people that would think that I couldn't make it I couldn't get there but you know, I've always chosen not to listen to those people. Um, it's not worth it. And now as a being in a wheelchair, you know, like in rehab when I was I had my accident, one of the physios told me that I would never be an athlete again and that I would need to learn to live the rest of my life in a wheelchair. You know, something like that at that point in time um, can break you, you know, it can take away all your dreams and goals um but but for me i i chose not to listen to that person and you know i I probably it gave me more motivation to really show them and show the world what i could do that i could be an athlete again you send them photos of your winning shots Uh, but uh they'll they'll know that um and they'll remember what they said and yeah, I just choose not to listen to the people that the doubters that um, say that I can't do something because there's no such thing in the word can't to me. Mm. Um, I always find a way to do it, and you know, I think um, to all people in wheelchairs, there's always there's always a way, and you might have to do things differently, but. There's no such thing as not able, not being able to do something. Yeah, it's, it's a, look, it's a great message, um, and and as I said, it's uh, it's one that probably needs to be reiterated time and time again. Um, you're not only talking words, but we see it in action, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, I, I guess for for me, you know, we have a lot of different people that listen to this or or, or watch the video, etc. Anyone trying to succeed, you know, not necessarily the level of an Olympics or, or a world title or anything like that, but just, just trying to achieve things. Um, you've spoken about the power mindset, you know, focusing on the positivity and trying to just take that negative away, having people around you to, to help with that, um, blocking out different um, well, detractors, etc. cetera. Um, what about someone, what, what else, someone trying to succeed in business or life, especially kids, you know, what, what would be some of your key tips there that, that hasn't been covered? Uh, one would be to truly believe in yourself um, and what you're setting out to achieve. Uh, you can have 
as many goals as you want in the world, but if you don't truly believe in yourself that you can achieve them, that you can make it, then you won't. Um, and, you know, if I didn't believe in myself, and it, it was a long journey to, you know, having that true belief in myself uh, and my goals, it was a, it's been many years of Brad telling me, you know, it's so important to believe in yourself um, in order to succeed. And uh, it was a slow process. Um, I, For many years I didn't believe in myself and I doubted myself, but it's so important to have that true belief that you can do it, that you can set out to achieve everything you've you've put on the line that you've, you've set goals for and... I think it's so important and people um, tend to overlook that mm. that, that step. Um, and then the mindset, being positive um, is, is so important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll reiterate, I mean, you're going for the pinnacle. You know, a lot of people don't need to, well, don't want to shoot for that, for that matter. But yeah. I think it's as you said, if you've got, you know, you may, may not even get to fully achieve that goal, but... I think if you're putting yourself out there and having a crack at Definitely. it, you're, you're going to get pretty, you know, yeah, you're a lot you, closer than where you were. Yeah, if you put 100% into um, what you're trying to achieve and, you you know, if you don't achieve the goal but you put in your, your best shot, then that's that's great. Like you can't do anything more than that yep. Um, yep. as long as you've got those intentions of, you know, believing it and putting your whole heart and soul into it. Yeah, that's great. And so, persevering, always persevering. There's always going to be a, a setback. Um, there's always going to be hurdles, but to always persevere and not let those those hurdles um, be setbacks and and stop you from from get, from getting there. Always find, try and find a way around it, under it, over it, th- to in order to get through it. Mm. Yeah, there's there's always a way. You just need to find it. Yep, yep. No, that's great. Um, I'll come back now back to where we're at at the moment. Um, so Tokyo, um, we, we mentioned both the, the events, but how are you feeling about it? Um, I'm feeling a lot of emotions, yeah. excited, nervous. Um, I've just had a setback myself only a few weeks ago. I, you know, seven weeks ago I was the strongest I've ever been in my training and then I got a setback and – um, with illness and I was in hospital for 18 days and off training for five weeks and I've only been back training now for three weeks and um or two to three weeks and that's it's one of the biggest hurdles I've had to overcome when I've I've got the Olympics in in 13 weeks time uh, and I was I felt so strong and fit before I, I was in had my hospital stay and now I'm trying to, you know, change my mindset and, and you know, everything what, what I've been saying, I'm speaking to myself, I'm trying to look at the positives and, and get back to where I was. Yep, and yep. Um, so I'm now focused and it was a hard time, but I'm now focused on on my day-to-day training and, and getting back that, that fitness and strength that I had and, and improving um, on what I had and believing in myself and that's – that's what, you know, it's so important is to know that I can do it. I've got 13 weeks and 
I'm excited to race um, and sometimes, I, you know, I think that maybe it's a blessing in disguise um, having a forced break and letting my body recover before another big training block. Uh, it could be my advantage over the other athletes. So that's how I'm choosing to look at it and I'm choosing to be on that start line with the best preparation and... Yeah, getting that gold medal. Yeah, good. Another bit cheering for you every day of the week. But do you, so your training is that um, that remains in Australia? It does. Uh, I head to Cairns on the sixteenth, fifteenth, or sixteenth of June for a, a few weeks training camp um, in in the hot climate, which I'm looking forward to. Um, Tokyo is going to be hot and humid, and so we've got a, a heat block up there to really prepare the body. But I love, race, like Kona, I love racing in the heat. So I've got a true advantage over the other athletes that don't like the heat as much. I thrive on it. Um, I get adrenaline mm. from people suffering in the heat. <laughs> My <laughs> other competitors. <laughs> so, I know, you, you know, and we can tell by just this, this chat today that you, you really focus on what you can control as opposed to what you can't. And I know Definitely. we shouldn't worry about competitors, but... But surely you have a good, a good a bit of a look at the competitors. What do you bit of voodoo or something going on? Or? Um, I know where where they're all at, what they're all up to, and um, I keep um, my training to myself. I don't give anything away. Um, yeah, and we'll just see. There, I'm going to smash them all in in 13 weeks. That's great. <laughs> that is great. Um, yeah, look, this has been great. I, I guess for me, um, you know, we, we tend to go on the business side, but you, you've got just a wonderful story that uh, that I think is worth sharing. And, you know, I know um, from Peak Air, we've been involved now for, for a couple of years and um, uh, not only from a um, from an owner's point of view or from a firm point of view, but you even see our own people uh, get that inspiration when they not only hear you talk but see what you're doing and that. So, I mean, it, it's it's an amazing story and I think a lot of people can learn just from that um, resilience, that the mindset that you mentioned, the positive attitude and trying to get the negatives away, you know, having that support structure around you, um, having goals, very important, um, and, and, you know, making sure that you persevere and learn from, you know, what's happened and how you can apply it differently. It's, um, and whilst you're not in business, uh, I think you could be. There's some pretty cool lessons in there for, for people to get. Uh, so I, I guess for me, is there anything else that, that we haven't covered that you, you wouldn't mind saying? Yeah, I mean, having support... Um, is really key in me achieving the goals that I've set, especially bringing back that gold medal in Tokyo and having PKF uh, on my side as a major supporter. Um, I couldn't be more grateful. You know, it, it wouldn't be pos possible without the support from PKF and uh, I'm so grateful for a great partnership and relationship into the future uh, and, yeah, to have them really believe in me and really believe in the goals that I set out to achieve um, is really special. So thank you. No, um, no, it's an absolute pleasure. And I'd, I'd like to thank you for joining us. I think uh, everyone would say a, a massive, uh, you know, good luck and uh, bring out that gold medal from, from – well, maybe maybe more than one from, from I will, three gold medals. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and, and I'm excited to learn what's next for Lauren as, as you know, the days roll out. But uh, not just in sport, I think you've got a pretty cool, you know, um, 
story there and, 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 and not only story but logic there to share with many people. So thanks for joining us on Down to Business. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have a chat and uh, for all of you out there, cheers. Thank you.